the Minister of Home Affairs. Dr. Mutswaledi, good evening to you and welcome to Metro FM Talk. Good evening, Ayabonga, and good evening to the listeners. And thank you very much for having me. Yes. On your talk. Thank you very much for taking time out to speak to us this evening on uh, this uh, very important matter. Uh, and maybe just, uh, I, I want us to maybe take a step back. A lot of questions many of our listeners are asking. And one of those is about, uh, I guess, uh, you know, the functioning of uh, repatriation centers like Lindela. I mean, one person was saying, do you refer to people as inmates? Uh, or, you know, are they, I guess, under some form of detention? Uh, maybe let's first start off there and clarify that. Uh, and then we'll get to some of the issues that were raised by your visit earlier on today. Yes. Uh, Ayabonga, when, when our immigration officers, law enforcement officers, come across a person who has broken immigration laws, and mm. commonly it is people who came into the country without being registered anywhere, without any documentation whatsoever, mm. then they arrest them. The law says within 48 hours they must appear in front of a magistrate. You know, in other ways, we are saying this person came here illegally. We want to deport them back to the country where they come from. But we are not allowed just to do it on our own. Mm. The, a magistrate must, must agree with us and approve it and say, from the fact you have given me, you are right, I'm agreeing with you that this person needs to be repatriated. Once that happened, they are sent to Lindela. It's more or less like appearing in court and being sentenced by a magistrate, not by us. Mm. So is that why you call them inmates? Yes, yes. That's why they are inmates. They are definitely inmates. They are more or less like correctional services inmates, only that they are there for 30 days waiting to be taken back to the country where they come from. Okay, all right. But they are inmates, yes, under law. In other words, Lindela is more or less a, a, a correctional service facility of of home affairs, but where people are in transit for 30 mm. days. Okay. Minister? Yes. Let's pause there for a second. We need to take a quick spot break. When we come back, I want us to maybe uh, talk briefly about the labor matter that was underway and also, uh, I guess, speak about some of the human rights implications uh, of, uh, uh, you know, how we've approached this matter, which is an issue that many of our callers have been raising. We'll continue on the other side of this break. Are you an informal business owner in Gauteng province seeking a permit to operate uh, during the COVID-19 lockdown period? If so, you can avoid long queues by registering online uh, through the Gauteng Informal Business Permit app and Mobi site. This free online system will help you avoid queues and the app works on any phone made in the last 10 years. Should a permit require further validation, please call 087-057-2000 and choose Informal Business Permit Validation option. To apply, uh, go to informal.gauteng.gov.za. Growing Gauteng together. This message is brought to you by the Gauteng Department of Economic Development. Seven minutes it is before 9 p.m. And uh, I'm in conversation under the microscope this evening with the Minister of Home Affairs, Dr. Aaron Motswaledi. Uh, this is on the back of uh, a number of undocumented uh, migrants uh, awaiting deportation, uh, escaping from Lindela Repatriation Center uh, in Krugerstorp in the west of the Johannesburg City region. And uh, Home Affairs Minister Aaron Motswaledi was there this morning after reports uh, that uh, the 37 or so fled over the weekend. Now, uh, Minister, you intimated uh, this afternoon that uh, uh, you know their passage out of the Lindela Center was only possible because of a labor dispute uh, between the security guards and the company that operates the facility. Uh, and maybe the question for me is, is that not the issue? Uh, that government is not operating this f- facility by itself uh, in order for it to be able to then take full responsibility of whatever happens there. And now it seems that the government would then shirk its obligation because 
you know, uh, somebody else has been appointed and therefore the employment relationship between the security guards and uh, the entity happens to be with another company rather than the Department of Home Affairs. Is outsourcing, I guess, not, uh, you know, at the center of this particular challenge? Well, you are right, Ayabonga. It, it, it might be... <coughs> it is definitely an issue uh, uh, about uh, uh, the issue of outsourcing some of your functions. So, indeed, you are right. Today, we suffered collateral damage between a fight between a company that is providing services there and the people they've hired who are not hired by us. The places they are having and the demands those people are having are not against us, but they are destroying us. They are destroying our our systems. So you are right. But remember that uh, historically, Lindella Repatriation Center was run by Busasa because they own it. They own and there is their property. Mm. So they were also given a tender by Home Affairs for ages to also provide services like giving food, mm. security, hiring doctors and nurses, running a clinic. Those are the services. But now you are all aware of the history of Botasa. Yes. It has been liquidated. So when the liquidator took over, we inherited this company, which was brought to us by the liquidator, whose contract is ending in November. From there, we're looking at the possibility of us taking over. Now we've already started, as you are aware, the building has been bought on our behalf by Public Works, which means we are taking over the building. They are no longer owned by a private company like it was owned by Busasa. What we're waiting for was the contract of the company given to us by the liquidator to end, for that contract to end in November, then we can see what we, we should do. Mm. But in view of the events that happened today, we are really looking at that contract and seeing what we can do. But I want to summarize by saying yes, the people escaped there because the security guards are fighting with their company, which has hired them. And we are collateral damage in that battle. Because there was no way people were going to escape there if security, if the security, uh, what you call guards, did not do what they, they did. I guess, Minister, the, the other dimension to what you're suggesting is that you might not be the only entity that is the collateral damage here. From some of the visuals that we've seen on uh, you know, videos that have been smuggled out of there, I assume, uh, we also see that many of the undocumented migrants themselves might find themselves collateral damage of uh, you know, an inefficient uh, operation that is being run by the service provider there. Uh, you even spoke about uh, two dining halls and only one uh, in uh, use and commission. Uh, and uh, I mean, this certainly does put paid, I guess, to uh, the notions of a caring government and even uh, a government grounded in human rights uh, if uh, you know we hear reports of the kind that came out of the Lindela Center? Well, uh, <clears throat> Ayabonga, I, I also want us to be very careful mm. about the pictures we are, you are seeing. Okay. Yes, we must also be very careful. It's true that Lindela Repatriation Center has got the capacity to carry 4,000 people. In terms of the number of beds and the rooms and the facilities, it can carry 4,000 people. At the present moment, there are 1,504 people. So I was shocked to hear that there is overcrowding and people are being served in overcrowded conditions. How can a center be overcrowded when it's carrying less than half of its capacity? You know, I went in there to see that. 
and it's true that I found that they've got two dining halls. Each can carry 2,000 people, but they were using only one. And that one dining hall, they were not putting all the 1,500 inmates at the same time. They called them into the dining hall in groups of hundreds. They don't just call them there to feel. They call them in groups of hundreds. The others stay in the rooms. So it's very easy to take those hundred people, take a photo, and make as if people are overcrowded. You know that can happen in terms of visuals, right? And, and which I believe might have happened because, yes, because the photos taken with the help of the very same security guards who are disgruntled. So they are taking photos of what they want to show the outside world to pressurize their, the, us, I mean, their employer through us. By, by showing such, some of those pictures. Mm. I understand there are pictures of people sleeping on the floor, meaning they've got no beds. In a facility of 1,000, I'm sorry, of 4,000 beds, and 1,500 of them are occupied, mm. and somebody sleeping on the floor, what does it mean? Minister? Will I be wrong to assume Minister? that people were told to sleep on the floor so that they take the photos? Well, Am I, mean, I wrong to assume I, I, I that? Guess, I guess, Minister, you know, we, both of us can't play in the sort of realm of speculation and conjecture. I think, uh, you know, yes, you know, so- someone might agree with that and someone might, might, might disagree with that. But I think the big issue here is really about the oversight role uh, of the Department of Home Affairs over facilities uh, that, uh, in essence, it's correctional facilities that are outsourced, uh, whose operation, I should say, is outsourced to other entities. How does this oversight happen? And more importantly, after what we've seen with this escape, we, how is we, that going we to have change? Got a home of- how is that going to change? We've got a- Hello? Hi, Minister. Yes, we're still here. Yeah, no, no, we, we disturbed each other. I have on attorney. We just repeat. Yes, sorry. I was just saying that there's a duty and an obligation for you to exercise oversight as the Home Affairs Department over operations that are undertaken by your service providers. And I'm saying in light of these escapes, uh, how is that exercise of that oversight going to change in any way? There is an inspector who, of Home Affairs while there's a service provider with its manager, but there's a home affairs official who is resident there, who, who works there, who reports to us. But mm. in, in turn, the, the head of immigration uh, uh, in, in the home affairs department goes there quite often and discuss with them almost, almost on a daily basis. Because it's true that somebody is running the facility on our behalf, but indeed you are right, it's still a government facility. Mm. Minister? Let's leave it there, and uh, thank you very much for taking time out out of your busy schedule to speak to us this evening. Okay, thank you very much. That there was uh, uh, the Minister of Home Affairs, Dr. Aaron Mutswaledi, speaking to us this evening here on uh, Metro FM Talk. As he rightfully says, it remains a government entity, and there's a duty and obligation on them to ensure that all of those that are under their care uh, as inmates, as detainees, uh, or however you would like to refer to it, are treated with the modicum of respect and dignity that is afforded uh, to all of humanity. If we're interested in human rights and the pan-Africanism we confess and profess to, uh, then uh, that's an obligation uh, that is required of all of us. You have yourself a great evening. Take strength, my Africa. Sisai Banga, Le Economy.